Welcome back to Think Deeper. I'm your host, Jack Wilkie, joined by my co-hosts, Will Harab and Joe Wilkie once again. It is Monday, October 31st. We had a lot of folks listen to last week's episode on Halloween, and so I'm not going to wish you a happy Halloween, but I'm going to ask Joe, uh, what are you going as tonight? I'm going as myself, which is a Christian, oh, a very okay. strong Christian. So oh. um, I don't know. I don't think you can go as that, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, well. So no, what are no you going M&Ms as? or Reese's Cups in your future then, Joe, huh? Tomorrow, the candy's cheap. Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. The yeah. principal, the candy's cheap. that's right. The principal that's has right. vanished tomorrow. For my for my harvest party. The 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 candy that is <laughs> it's uh, the, the candy that is satanic today, tomorrow is baptized back into uh meat sacrifice idols, candy sacrifice idols. It's yeah. all, you know. All right, that's it. You know there how it is. Yeah. Okay, and we just had to uh, rib you on that one more time. But we, we loved the discussion. There were a lot of YouTube comments, uh, some Facebook feedback as well. Um, you know, we don't, we're not trying to be controversial, but we want to talk about what matters to people. Uh, and especially one where we disagree among ourselves, I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good points made both ways. It, it's a difficult thing, but we want to handle the real world things that affect our Christian lives. And so... Um, Joe, I guess, going as, as the holier than now, pious Christian, Will and I going as That's heretics right. in, in Joe's rendering. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to thank everyone who listened, who passed it on, who commented, reached out. Uh, and yeah, uh, again, just a, a really fun episode that we enjoyed doing. Let's get into this week's talk. So for our topic this week, you know, we always try to, you know, get a feel, get, get our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the culture, uh, obviously with our um, our Halloween episode Last week, and then you know we're we're constantly trying to figure out okay what is it that people are caring about, especially you know with the 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 seasons and the things that are going on, and as far as that goes, and so that's exactly what we wanted to do with this episode. Is we've got a very you know important day coming up, November eighth is election day. That's on a lot of people's minds. Uh, you're going to be hitting the voting booths, and so we felt it would be appropriate to devote an entire episode to kind of this idea of. Uh, voting, this idea of Christians and politics. And, and we've done some episodes kind of, you know, loosely based on this idea. We had a Christian nationalism episode all the way back. I believe it was in February or March, back when we were first getting going this year. So uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. July 4th, uh, we did a shorter episode uh, kind of centered around patriotism, but we haven't really devoted a full episode to, again, the question of voting for Christians. How involved should Christians be in politics? And again, with November 8th coming up, uh, again, a lot of you will be hitting the voting booths on that Tuesday. We felt it was appropriate to devote a whole episode to this, and we really believe that this is one of those topics that matters a great deal. There's a lot at stake here. Um, so guys, as we get going into this, we've got several areas we want to hit. Before we hit those, why do, why is this so important? Why is this something that a lot of that we believe Christians should 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 believe in and, and should should care about versus something that we can just brush aside and say, you know what, that really doesn't matter. What's at stake here? Yeah, we did a worldview episode a month or two ago about really bringing everything in your life under the lordship of Christ and that there's not any area in which you should just go about it and think, well, I can handle this the way that I I want, the way I prefer, the way I think would be best, and so to bring Christ into it. But the other pitfall that I think sometimes we fall into is giving into cultural pressure or giving into what we've always done or or way we want things to be and then finding verses to kind of support that view 
uh, why it, it would be okay to support certain things or this versus that. And, and so with a lot of these debates, the Bible comes into it, but on the back end rather than at the front end, rather than starting at, at where where we should go with it. And I think there's some bad ideas out there. Uh, some of them I've held myself and, and grown out of, I guess. And um, there's, as you, as you got at, there's just so much at stake. And I know every few years it's, oh, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And in a sense, it's true that every every succeeding one, every new one is that most important because you look how, how much cultural slide there is, how much more is put on the table, how much more of life is politicized. I mean, you would think going to the bathroom is not political in any sense. Now it right. is, you know, because of male, female, the gender stuff like that. Um, you know, I remember when I started at Focus Press uh, 10 plus years ago, it was gay marriage was all the rage. Now we don't even debate that anymore. And, and so, you know, like how far that Overton window has shifted and how much is on the table and gets added to the table every two years, every four years. Um, and then you see how these things matter in real life. You see how these ideas play out. You see uh, the dire consequences that occur. Uh, you know, you, we see something like Roe v. Wade being overturned, and that's really exciting. But then we see some really bad things happening. And, and so you see what happens when when uh, what what the results are of these things and i think it's very uh, very tempting for christians to be gnostic about this stuff and to say well you know we're we're not of this world and i guess that'll get us into our first point that we want to address is that idea that well oh go ahead i was before just saying, I, yeah that... i don't want to launch us in and if you guys had anything more to say before we get started no you're you're good um i was just going to say on that on that note we're recording this what is it, three days after Joe Biden um, brought in this uh, transgender TikTok star that I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. You can you can look it up. Dylan Mulvaney. I just said I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I think it's Dylan Mulvaney. And he basically got on there and said that he doesn't believe states should have the right to ban any kind of transgender surgeries. I mean, this is the world we're living in. This is now the society. This is the society that we are, that our kids are going to be growing up in where Performing transgender surgeries on minors, performing transgender surgeries on kids is something that is, you know, 20 years ago, nobody would have ever thought that that would even be thought of. Now it's a real debate for a lot of people. And so this is, like you said, Jack, like you brought up with the Roe v. Wade stuff, it matters. These are things that are important. These are things that I've got a, I've got a uh, 11 month old. He's about to be a full year old. What kind of world is he going to be growing up in? What kind of world are his kids going to be growing up in? My grandkids. And so as we've talked about before, that's why this type of stuff matters. We can't live in an individualistic, well, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about that here in 50 years because I won't be here anymore. Yeah, but your kids will. Your grandkids will. And that's that's why this is such a big deal. When I kind of lost faith in the voting system itself, um, you know, that, well, it's not going to fix anything, right? Elections are... are either rigged or kind of going to go their way or whatever it is, or it just doesn't make that big of a difference. But the reality is the men and women that have been elected are the ones that are very much pushing these, these decisions. And so, yes, it does matter. And from a political standpoint, you know, of course we are a, a podcast. We're not pushing one way or the other um, party wise per se, but we'll be very upfront there is clearly um, there is clearly a difference, specifically in terms of um, who is attempting to do God's will and who isn't. But this does lead us, I think, into where you were going with the Jack of of kind of 
a lot of Christians, I think, are either they've lost faith in the political system or they just kind of feel like we don't really need it, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. Um, we go to, let me pull it up real fast. We had John 18, 36, um, <clears throat> which again, I believe is Jesus, without looking at it, I believe is Jesus talking to Pilate. Um, this is where he says, my he, soul, or my, my people, or my There you go, my kingdom is not of this world. Kingdom, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to misquote it here. He says, yeah, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. And so it's very easy to have this, like, for for Christians to look at it that way and to look at America and say, well, we're not part of the American kingdom, so to speak. We're part of God's kingdom. And so politics don't really matter. Or even the election isn't that important because ultimately our citizenship is in heaven and not here um, in America. And so for us to really like throw our political weight around, that's not what God is. That's not what he is requiring of us because this, our citizenship isn't here. So it's kind of, sorry, I was going to say, it's kind of what Jack brought up, I think on the July 4th episode, it's kind of the, this world is not my home mentality. Yes. Bingo. There you go. Perfect. And so I wanted to throw to you, what is your answer to that? We talked about it some, yes, on back on the July 4th. I'm going to assume not everybody listened to this, has listened to that. I would, I would encourage everybody to go check it out for sure to go back and listen to some of the uh, some of the older ones that we've recorded, especially that one gets more context on this. But what are your thoughts to that specific point of, hey, John 18.36, our world really isn't of, or our citizenship isn't of this world, isn't of America per se, it's of heaven, and so why should we really participate in the voting process and, and be more politically minded? So I think the first thing you have to do is put that in context and understand it as it means when he says my kingdom is not of this world he means it's not of the character of this world it, it, it doesn't originate from the same places that doesn't mean it's not in this world mm-hmm. that like that he has no interest in the kingdom of this world because what really annoys me about this kind of talk is it pretends the resurrection didn't happen it, you know it pretends that the great commission didn't happen all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth and then you extrapolate that, you follow that to Romans 13, where it says governments are ministered to God for his good, uh, for good. First uh, Peter 2 adds that they're to reward the good, they're to punish the evil. You know, that he's holding them accountable. Jesus is ruling over the White House. He's ruling over British Parliament. He's ruling over the Kremlin, well, whatever the Kremlin, whatever they call the Russian seat of power uh, anymore. I guess they still do. Um Sounds right. Rolling, ruling over Ukraine, ruling over India, and, you know, every country. And, and Psalm 2 gets into that of, you know, Jesus is, you know, the, that power exchange that Jesus submitted himself. The Father is, is glorifying him as king over all things. And if they don't pay homage to the Son, if they don't kiss the Son, if they don't bow before Jesus, they'll be crushed. And so my kingdom's not of this world. We'll, we'll throw that out there like Jesus doesn't care about the things of this world. Yeah, he really does. And they'll also point to where Satan offered him the kingdoms of this world, said, bow to me and all of this will be yours. That was a matter of delayed gratification. Jesus gets all those things in the end because, again, all authority has been given to me. I rule over the whole world is what he's saying. And so it wasn't that Jesus said, I have no interest in the world. It was, I'm not going to sell my soul to Satan to get this power. And so getting that kingdom is not of this world thing right is very important because I think it, it's one of those that like people think is a mic drop. Oh, he said his kingdoms of not of this world, so we should, shouldn't care about this stuff. There's just too many verses that go to the opposite. And then we get into, I talk about this all the time, the scripture wars. Well, I dropped this one, so the verse you have doesn't count. 
we well, got to figure out how all of these fit together, and there's no way you can take all those other verses and make that mean that Jesus doesn't care about what happens in America. Okay, I want to I want to take a quick second and discuss a theological thing. Um, so, is this to say that Jesus did not have all power? At, at what point did, does he lose all power when he takes on the form of man coming in the form of a baby? Because, or is that to say God did not have all power over the king? Of course, he does. But at what point, you know, resurrection is when he's given all power. It seems Satan does have all power. So was it for 33 years that Satan had all power? Or how would you, what are your thoughts on that? Satan didn't have all power because in that same conversation with Caesar, Jesus says, I'm here because I'm letting this happen. Sure. I could get out of sure. this. But Jesus. But how does Satan offer something that is not his? Well, that's the Philippians too. Thing. Well, I mean, it, the world tells, you know, the whole, or the Bible tells the whole world is under the power of the evil one. You know, and so Satan has tremendous power, but Jesus conquered, and, and that's the Philippians 2 thing of Jesus emptying himself, you know, going to the cross as a bondservant, being put to death, and it's at that that every knee will bow, and, and you know, all authority is yeah, given no to doubt. him. No and, and so it it is his way of conquering Satan is going through that, but as far as, like, who had the greater power, well, we see that there. Satan couldn't force him to do that. Sure. Jesus had every, you know, again, could have called... 72,000 angels, uh, you know, could have called uh, the legions of angels. He had the power to get himself out of that uh, and to destroy the world. But, you know, again, the love of God bound him, all of those other things. It, it's an interesting question. Um, but I, I don't think it meant he was subservient to Satan at that point. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's given a name above all names and given all rule and authority, great commission. Does that mean he didn't have, how are you given something you already had? Like, at what point was he given that? Only after the resurrection was Jesus given all rule and power and authority because, and, and that's my question, and I know this is against, so I apologize, this is not a political, but it's an interesting discussion on the theology end of it of like, did Jesus lose all rule, power, and authority when he emptied himself, Philippians 2, you know, coming in the form of a bondservant? Like, was that the point at which he lost all of that? So for 33 years he didn't have it, but then after the 33 years he did have it? Like, I, I don't know. He's still fully God, but yet right. <laughs> this is the, the deep end of the theology pool uh, that we, we might have to uh, do another episode on. Uh, it's but, an interesting you know, question, though. Yeah. It is. It very much is. Um, and and the point being, you know, the things that he had to give up to become one of us, right. you know, so that he right. could in, relate to us in all things and all things tempted as we are, you know, all those Hebrew scriptures about being our high priest. Um and so he didn't just come here and coast through on easy mode, you know, I had to go through everything we did, but, um, you know, I, yeah, they... I, I'm actually going to say, I'm, let's save this before you answer that, because I, I got some ideas as well. And so if we're, we're going to tease everybody a little bit on that and just say, Hey, this <laughs> nice. is, this is something that we're going to get back around to, because I do think it bears out more study. I have some, th some thoughts. I'm sure, Will, you got some thoughts, Jack, as well. Um, I don't want to take too far because I'm realizing, because I'm like, I got this question, this question. You, know, you also want to make sure up. not to like confess any early church heresies, which is very easy on this. I was going to say that's yeah. that's very, <laughs> that, that can happen very quickly. And I don't want to do that either. Let's devote a full episode because again, they're, well, well, yeah, go ahead and jump in. I was just going to get us back to the, the voting thing because I still sure. didn't answer that question. Um, I've got two thoughts on, well, I guess the, the kingdom is not of this world thing. How many times do we read throughout the Bible the concept of God's people doing everything they can to further justice, right? To defend the fatherless, to defend the widow's cause, basically to to push good and try to try to stop evil. That's what God desires of his people. And for somebody to drop the well, our king or his kingdom isn't of this world, so we just need to kind of stay out of everything. I'm curious as to because I know you guys obviously don't buy into that, but I'm curious how they 
would defend that position of, again, the Roe v. Wade stuff, the the using legal means to fight this drag queen story hour stuff. If you're kind of in the anti-voting camp, what, what would your answer be to that? L- listen, God expects us to do everything we can to stop evil. God expects us to do everything that we can to pursue justice, to, to, to further righteousness. And if, if getting in the voting booth to say, well, look, we don't believe that drag queens should be reading books to, to pre-K students— if that's a, a way to do it, I, I don't. Again, I, I wouldn't. I don't see how somebody who would be of the opinion that oh, my, my kingdom is not of this world, or Jesus' kingdom isn't of this world, so therefore we just need to stay out of it. What's their answer to that? And I've got one other thought, but I, I'll, I'll let you one of you guys play devil's advocate on that if you want for just a second, because to me, that's something God expects of His people is to do everything we can to stop drag queens from reading books to, to kindergartners, just to do everything that we can to to put an end to babies being murdered in the womb. Right. So, what do you guys have to say to that? Yeah. So. I think one of the things people get into with this kingdom's not of this world is that, well, the church was not made to rule over the kingdoms. No, it wasn't, but it was made to instruct them. Because, you know, again, Romans 13 is that they're to punish the evil, and those verses are brought up, punish the evil, reward the good. Well, you've got standards in there, evil and good. Well, what's evil and good? That's what we're debating right now. Are drag queens good, or are whole moral families good? It's one or the other. They've got to pick one or the other. And so the job of Christians is to stand up and say, this is the right one. And in a country where the authority has been delegated to some degree, you know, that is where you're helping inform the government of say, this is right and good. And if you don't do this according to God's word, you're, you're going to be punished for it. There's going to be a problem. I mean, you think about Moses standing before Pharaoh. You think about um, Daniel before Nebuchadnezzar and having to tell them some pretty difficult messages of, hey, man, you're in the wrong and there's going to be a problem. Uh, and, and that is a degree to which that's the church's job in this, in the kingdoms of this world. And, and it's, it's that thing, there's a naivety, number one, of thinking we can just stay out of this stuff and, and do our work. But it, you're bringing up a lot of the social justice stuff and the Christians who are very much into that kind of thing, which we've talked a little bit about a critical race theory episode and such, they will be the ones that will say, well, we shouldn't be political. That's that's political. Everything's political now, okay? Right. And everyone has political stances on things. As I said, bathrooms are political. Whether or not your, your four- or five-year-old can choose their gender, that's political. Joe is a therapist. There's states in which if somebody comes to him and says, I'm trans, I'm dealing with that, and I don't want to be, he could be legally prosecuted for doing that. Most like, states. Yeah, most states. I mean, like, this is... How you can't get out of this, and then you look at Canada. You know, preachers being arrested for trying to keep their church open last year. Like, it's coming for you, whether you you know it or whether you acknowledge it or not. Uh, your life is being politicized, and so you say, "Well, we'll stay out of the political." Show me something anymore that's not political. Sports right, good luck, are political. Basically. Music yeah. is political. Pringles are political. Movies I mean. are political. Yeah, uh, Oreos. You know, their rainbow packaging. Netflix. Walk down. You know, walk through the grocery store in June and tell me that you can find anything that's not politicized. And so, oh, we just got to stay out of politics. You you literally can't. And so then the question is, how do we do it right? And and I think that's going to get us into our next point of how do we do it right because that's, that's an important point. But something I was thinking about is we talk about loving one another and loving the brethren and, and loving, you know, all people. Um, Romans 13 makes it very clear that God established government for a very specific reason, right, to, to uphold the good and to punish evil. And when they're not doing it, the same way that I think a father will be judged, a husband will be judged, elders will be judged, right? They're worthy of double honor when they do it well, but they'll also be judged more harshly. The government will be judged, and I think specifically our current government will be judged very harshly in the eyes of God 
for them upholding evil and punishing good, going exactly against God's God's plan. So if when you go to the polling booth and you're about to vote, if you think about, I'm trying to get the person that is going to be least judged by God in there, somebody that's actually going to do God's will, which is uphold good and, and to punish evil, like that's our duty, I think, even in terms of a loving duty from Christians is to make sure that the man who is going to to be more favorable in God's eyes, yes, we're praying for them to come to the knowledge of the truth for sure, but they're going to be more favorable in God's eyes and less judged by doing the right thing. And so I think that also shifts the perspective of like, you're actually loving people when you're voting correctly. You're helping them not be not let the wrath of God be poured out on them the way that I think our current government will be um, based on the things they're doing. So there's a lot of reasons, I think, why us getting well, involved is very good. And I've got one other thought on that, On that, and you guys can you know, kind of put me back in my lane if, if this doesn't really apply here. But is there not an element to, we've talked a lot before about the dominion mandate, right? About the fact that God gave humans dominion over the earth, over the animals, that kind of thing. And, you know, you hear all the time this phrase, this concept of we got to be good stewards of what God's given us. Is Does that play into this at all of the fact that, look, if we just take the, well, I'm just going to stay completely out of it approach. And again, kind of inadvertently allow all these things to happen. Is Could, there not, could an argument be made we are being poor stewards of what God has given us? And, you know, by not participating in, again, doing everything that we can to stop all this stuff, the drag queen story, everything we've mentioned, does the stewardship come into that at all? The question really is, because I, I want to paint it from the other side, because I think, you know, Joe and I have both evolved on this, and I've been a little bit on the other side, is if you really feel, you know, our citizenship is totally otherworldly, totally not of this world, then you don't feel that responsibility. It's like, you know what, that's, what's that uh, old saying? Not my circus, not my monkeys, yeah. you know, and you see all this bad going on, but as you say, this this dominion mandate, the, but also the Great Commission, and we, we got into that disciple the nations versus make disciples of all nations, and very interesting uh, etymology there, but we, this is one of those things, again, where Christians believe it, but then when it comes to like the political side, they, they make an exception, right? And, and when Christians, I, I saw an N.T. Wright quote, a Facebook friend shared the other day, man, don't listen to N.T. Wright, man, goodness, he, he's, he's a disaster. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he uh, uh, had this quote about basically Christians, you know, the way we change the world isn't through political means, it's by uh, establishing hospitals and by serving the poor and by doing all these things like, yeah, Absolutely, it's those things. But now you're saying you're, you've got a contradiction here of like, are we citizens of this world and, and supposed to make the world a better place or not? Right. And right. and if we are, this is one of the means of it. And, right, and by any means necessary. Yeah. yeah. And when you view government as a, a total evil that's totally irredeemable, well, it's like no, we're bringing everything in the world under the rule of Christ. Uh, and and again, kings are supposed to submit to him. And 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 so I think people. I guess this will get us into one of our other points. They think that what we're trying to do is force everybody to be Christian, you know, uh, at gunpoint conversion kind of thing. If the government's Christian and you, you get this Christian nation, you're going to force everybody to be Christian. No, it's not. It's trying to get the government and trying to, to lead this along to a way where they encourage Christian morality, Christian values, they, right. they what that, that evil and good that they're basing their punishments on. Which is what God wants. Right, that evil key. and good yeah. that he's expecting them to rule on, we're giving them, here's the standard for that. Right. And it's not the law of Moses, you know, directly applied. It's not, it's not theocracy or theonomy. I mean, to a degree, it, everything's theonomy. 
I think that's the other thing we have to hit here is everything's theonomy. There's no neutrality. Yeah, define that. Define theonomy. I was going to say. Yeah, theonomy is theo, God, nomos, right. law. You know, the law of God. And it's, again, it's not taking the law of Moses that says, well, if you eat shrimp, you know, you're dirt, you're unclean. And if, you know, we'll stone people to death for these things. But it gives us the right and wrong. And I think, let's get into that myth of neutrality real quick on all this. Because this is the the second point we wanted to get to was Christians and power don't mix. Uh, and so the idea is basically leave it neutral. We'll just, you know, we can we can support our ideas through evangelism and service, but we, we can't ever use, you know, power to uh, implement our ideas. Like, you're taking for granted 2,000 years of development that everything around you is a reflection of that has already happened. Right. It is, it is so historically ignorant to say we can't do that. Because as I brought up on another episode, if you look at countries around the world where, where Christianity has not had an influence on the system of law, there's still cannibalism. There's still slavery. Yeah. There's still all kinds of awful things. Yeah, so we're like, ooh, Christians in power, we can't have that. Like, you know what? The fact that we have laws, you know, keeping women from being raped and sold into slavery and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, the, the caste system, things like that. Like, really bad stuff that still happens in this world, we don't have that because of the beauty of Christ's law influencing government. And thank God. Yeah, thank, thank God. God for that. And so then you say, well, we need this neutrality. You know, we won't enforce our laws and they won't enforce it. Every society is is religious. Every society has... There's no such a, thing as neutral. Right. right. There's no such thing as neutral. It's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. And and you're choosing one or the other. And it's like, man, you look at Drag Queen Story Hour, it's pretty clear which one they're choosing right, right now. You're either running toward one or you're running toward the other. And we clearly are running toward the other. And I think in, in running toward Christ, like it's a... There's this idea, well, Christ already reigns overall. He already rules overall. So basically, why would we need to? And it's like, well, that's basically saying... Why would we need to evangelize? Christ rules overall. It still has to be done. Yeah. It's, it's bringing it's still, it to bear. Yeah, yeah, you still have to bring it to bear. Like Christ is has given us a a law, law of freedom, of course, but you know, given us a law, given us rules to follow, given us things that are intended to make the nations. Because I was thinking as you were talking, okay, are we supposed to have Christian fathers? There's four systems of of power, a power structure, hierarchy, right? This really. sounds interesting. Tell me about that. I was going to say, yeah, no, Jack we did, just... No, we did the episode on this, uh, the submission one. We so were. For the and, fuller discussion. And Jack was just speaking on this yesterday <clears throat> at a uh, um, congregation in Georgia that I was privileged to, to be able to attend. And so, um, you know, just listen to so this. So you stole all this from of, Jack, basically. Pretty much, Sorry. yeah. Every one of my ideas, really. I was yeah. going to say most of my ideas. <laughs> but he stole his main book from me, so it's, no, just kidding. So really my main point, I guess, would come back to as Jack was talking, the four levels of, of hierarchy and power, you have husbands over wives, fathers over their children, elders over the church, and government over the people. Should we have Christian fathers? Thousand percent. Should we have Christian Christian husbands? Thousand percent. You can't have Christian or can't have elders apart from Christianity, right? So of course those three, why would we not take that into the fourth and look to have Christians ruling government to the best of their ability? You say, well, nobody's actually a Christian, right? Can we can we also say if somebody believes in God, that's better than if they don't? Like, have they right. have they repented and confessed and been baptized and are living faithfully in the Church of Christ? Well, no. So basically, they're flawed. There's a big difference between a militant atheist and somebody who is generally trying to do the will of God. Can we all agree on that? 
We don't get to that point yet. I, I, that, that's a point we want to talk about. Uh, let's, sure, with the, with the character can't. Sure, yeah. uh, sure. So on this idea of Christians and power that you know, don't mix, and I, I have a friend who makes this point. He brings up you know Jesus saying that uh, the rulers of the Gentiles, you know, they 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 lord it over them, but it's not this way among you. The greatest of you should be your servant. You know, and, and that, that's a great verse. But what he's taking that to mean is they rule and therefore ruling is wrong no it's saying a, a style of ruling is wrong self-aggrandizement stomping on people under you to to pat yourself on the back because that's what the disciples are trying to do when jesus says that you know right. i want to be the greatest i want to be the greatest he says you want to be the greatest you need to serve but look at that all of those men became elders they were apostles they were leaders of the church they they ruled in a sense right and so jesus is not outlawing rulership he's outlawing a certain way of rulership. He's saying this is wrong. As Christians, we don't do this. But you look at a Joseph, you look at a Daniel, you look at a David. Uh, you know, and and the kings that did well did well by serving the people. It, they were not sinning by ruling over the people. When they served the people and did right by the people and led the people in the ways of God, they were good rulers. There's always rulers. I think that's. I've I've said this a few times that that's what I really learned over the two years of COVID was you're always going to have elites. Uh, you know, Pareto, he's a, a political philosopher. This is his principle, that there's always elites. You need good elites. You need a circulation of elites. You need elites that care about the people. And so this idea that, you know, rulership is, is bad and evil. No, rulership is something God baked into creation. Leadership, elites, you know, people that are shepherds of the people. And Hierarchy so that, in general. Yeah. Hierarchy in general. And it can be done well. And it can be done poorly, and it needs to be done well. And and so the idea that Christians just have no part in this, have no power in this world, it's not true. And again, it takes for granted all of the Christians who have come to power and reformed. William Wilberforce, you know, the the great story of, of the the efforts to outlaw slavery. Aren't we thankful for that? Isn't it right. good that a Christian rose up with Christian biblical convictions and did that? Why would we say that's a bad thing? Well, I think so much of this too, and you, Jack, you were kind of hitting on this, is rooted in the fact that we don't like hierarchy in any of those areas that that Joe brought up. We want everything to be equal, right? We don't necessarily like to, you know, people don't really preach about the uh, headship of the husband and the wife being under that because oh, that's a touchy subject. Why? Because we don't we bristle at this idea of hierarchy. Uh, same thing, you know, when you when you're talking about government here, it's just this general disdain. For a power structure, this general disdain for having somebody place in authority over you, and because again, we want everything to be equal, and so I think that's something that that plays into this kind of well, you know, Christians and power shouldn't mix. I, I always go back to so you're telling me that it would not the world and our society would not be a better place if the people in government were not Christians. That's what you're telling. I mean, that's what a lot of people seem to seem to want to say is that well, we we really shouldn't delve into that, and it's like, can you imagine? If 60% of the government was trying to do the will of God, 70%, 80%, right? could that possibly, could the world, could, could, could not the world be a better place? Could not American society be functioning in a much better way? Well, and the, the, the implication that like the worst case scenario is that Joe Biden would repent and say, you know what? We're getting rid of this trans stuff. I'm not going to push the abortion thing anymore. This is wrong. I'm sorry. I've been misleading the people. Like that, oh, we, if that happened, something went wrong. Christians in power, like, really? 
You're supposed That's to be thing, praying. Right. Yeah, I mean, First Timothy 2, praying for rulers and all of authority. They would let us lead these tranquil and quiet lives. Well, right now we can't live tranquil and quiet lives. We're having to talk about all this stuff. We're having our lives politicized down to the, the very nth degree that we have to do every single day politics. We have to just, uh, on all of these fronts, and so this Christians in power don't mix thing, nobody's advocating that we you know, put people to conversion at gunpoint. Right. Nobody's advocating we, you know, we stage a coup and take over the government and make everybody be Christians. No, we're advocating that the people that rule over us would look at the, the laws of God. Because one of the other things that is taken for granted and is totally misunderstood, there's a world of difference between a pagan Rome that is just now hearing the gospel and a, a, an American government that has hundreds of years of history knowing the gospel and turning away from it. Right. And so, you know, it's very important to realize that America is not Israel. We're not a chosen special nation of God. We don't have that favor that they had. But there is that parallel in that they were people that had the law and turned away from it. And they would do well when they repented and turned back. And when, and when they had leaders that repented and turned back. And when they didn't and they went the other way, they would fail. And we see that cycle over and over. We see the good rulers. We see the bad rulers. We see the people repent. We see the people turn away. And so in that sense, we are much more comparable to Israel than we are to Rome. Because Rome is just now hearing about this. And it took hundreds of years for Rome to figure it out. Whereas a lot of this Christian political theory is perpetually stuck on Rome. We're not in Rome. We're in a country that knew better and has turned away. And that there's a stricter right. judgment for that. And it's a whole different approach that we're talking about. And and trying to reverse course and turn it back to Christ is king, that, that's a really important thing. And so that's this Christians in power don't mix is is kind of our, our second thing we wanted to address. Go ahead, Will. Joe, I'll let you get in here in a second. But that also speaks to the, the, the aspect that we brought up before, that we are no longer living in a society that's neutral to the idea of Christianity. We're living in a society that is actively spitting in the face of Christianity. Like you said, right. it's not it's not an ignorance thing. It's a, no, we've heard it. We, we, we are going to choose to completely reject it. Again, kind of spit in its face. And we have a lot of people that still think that we can just be neutral and, and that, again, society and government can be neutral on Christianity. There is no neutral, as we've already discussed. We live in a society that is actively doing everything that they can to further the work of Satan and to silence Christianity. Joe, I think you had something. Yeah, to say well, I was just gonna say if if it's okay to pray for them, and we're told to, First Timothy two, right? If we're supposed to pray for all those who are in authority over us, specifically the government, that we may lead tranquil and quiet lives, doesn't it follow that if you are given the ability to affect some of that change and to vote for those people, you ought to? We want Christians in power. We we are praying that they might allow us, that they might rule well, that they might fulfill what God has in store for government, what God has in mind for government in Romans 13. If we're praying for that to come about, maybe we should vote for that to come about as well. And so I want to allow that to kind of transition us into this third point. And that would be the character. I had already alluded a little bit of this, Jack, and you you would, you know, which is good because I think I could have gone off on some of that. And that's the character of candidates. So as we're talking about it, is our citizenship in heaven, just to follow our outline, you know, our citizenship Ultimately, yes, as Christians is in heaven, but we live on earth, and I think it's it's okay for us to, you know, have that to kind of take dominion and and to be part of America and to try to enact change. Christians and powers don't mix. That's that's a farce. They do. There is there is but power and elites, and God is overall, but He can enact that through us. And so we come to this third point, which is the character of the candidates. And so I want to tee one of you off, um, either either one, concerning this idea of like what you'll hear from people. Well, they're all bad. 
right? They're all bad. And, and so, you know, who should we vote for? And, and I've heard some people say, vote the man. So I want to, there's two different sides to this. I've heard some people say, well, I vote the man. And so they will vote a specific party that is clearly, um, you know, problematic. But because he's a good guy, I met him, you know, he's, he's been at my local grocery store and just seems like a good guy. And so they either say, vote the man, and they don't ever worry about what backs him up. Or they say, well, they're all bad. They're all, they're all sinners. Nobody's a Christian. Therefore, we really shouldn't vote for them. What are your thoughts on that? So the Trump-Clinton um, election in 2016 was the first election that I was really kind of plugged into. I was 16 years old. I couldn't vote, obviously, but I was, you know, I was on social media at that point. I was really kind of plugged into, you know, what people were saying, kind of the the stance on, on each one. And this is where you heard a lot of that, right? It's the, are you really going to vote for, for Clinton and with her, all the stuff she did with Benghazi, the email scandal. And then on the other side, it was, are you really going to vote for the awful person that Trump is? I mean, just look at his personal life, right? Right. And so then you, you kind of have the, oh, well, which one is the lesser of two evil stance? And so my question is, are you not always going to have a lesser of two evils? By that, I mean, is not all of this subjective to some extent, right? When you talk about you got two candidates up there, you know, for, for any election year, there's always going to be one who, again, you look at their platforms, you look at their the things that they're going to, to push for if they get elected. There's always going to be one that is more in line with God's will and one that is less aligned with God's will. You're never going to get to, that's why there's two parties, right? You're never going to get two ones that are basically in agreement on everything. And so there is a subjectivity to this that, again, no matter if you had, if you had me and Jack up there, you know, obviously we both firmly believe we're in line with God's word, God's will, but there's still going to be some, some subjectivity to it. And people are going to say, well, you know, that, that will guy, man, I'm just, you know, there's Jack is the lesser of two evils there. So we'll go with him. I agree. So, Strongly right, exactly. disagree. Will, you got my vote. <laughs> so to me, this is something you never get away from, right? Even if you have the two quote-unquote perfect candidates, we're all flawed, right? So, Jack, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to you next. What is your answer to this? Because, again, the, the Trump-Clinton election is where I heard this the most. You've been in poli- uh, been invested in politics a whole lot longer than I have. What have you seen? Yeah, uh, let's come back around with the Georgia Senate election. Uh, you've got Warnock, the Democrat, uh, and he's he's a pretty far-left Democrat on abortion, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Herschel Walker, the former football player, uh, and he's he's kind of doing the God and country thing, but then stuff came out about his past. He was a horrible husband and father, uh, I think, paid for a girlfriend's abortion, something like that. I mean, just abominable character. And so, you know, there's this thought of, okay, well, Christians, you know, you can't support this, that. And, and as you said, Trump, and I, I remember uh, John Piper had an article go viral in uh, the Trump-Biden yep. election um, where he said, well, look, Biden supports abortion, supports LGBT stuff, supports, you know, bad economics, supports, basically there's nothing on his platform that's Christian at all, but Trump is a very prideful, arrogant man with a sexual past that is obviously very questionable. And he's, you know, I, I, some people will make the thing, well, we're not electing an elder of the church, we're electing a president. And on the one hand, like, character does matter. It's not to say that it doesn't matter, but on the other hand, I think it's important, and people will also say, well, what about our Christian witness, you know, siding with a a bad person? Nebuchadnezzar was a bad person. He still did some good things. He did the right thing sometimes. Uh, You know, there's a history of that really throughout history. The 
the role of government, and you go to the Romans 13 thing, it doesn't really talk about the personal character of government. It talks about their role in the good and the evil and, and supporting those things. And when that's the false equivalency of the Piper article. I know, I'm, I guarantee we've got some Trump fan listeners. And, and you see those memes on Facebook of, oh, Trump was this man that was sent by God or the thing with like Jesus over the shoulder of Trump in the Oval Office. No, this is not a good person on a moral. You just, you can't say that. On the other hand, we had Roe v. Wade overturned because of him. Right. Okay. Like right. strictly because of him. If he had lost that election to Clinton, we would, we'd still have it. Not only would we still have it, we would have it locked in for all of eternity. Like we, you know, it just, we would never have a chance to end it. And so that is a really important point, number one. And, and that's the problem with the Piper article. You're equating one man's personal character with another man's policies. They both have questionable personal character. I mean, there's stuff about Biden, not a good person, okay? Uh, and and so you have that, uh, and you've got you've got two very bad people. One of them is going to have policies that are going to end Roe v. Wade, that are going to, you know, there's some really good things. There's a bunch of things Trump did that I have problems with that I, you know, I, I yeah, as I said, I've evolved in my thinking. I didn't, I didn't vote in any of the elections uh, up until you know I, I haven't in a while. But um, having said that, that's supporting a man's policies is not supporting the man's character. And so this Herschel Walker uh, Warnock one in Georgia, you know, a lot of Christians are saying, look at this man's personal character. It is awful. You can't vote for this man. It is awful. Uh, let's not say that he's a good person. On the other hand, what are the consequences? You vote for him and he supports those policies. You have a bad man putting in good policies or you have a bad man putting in bad policies. And, and the other thing about this that's really important is to remember politics is not evangelism. Politics is not the church. And this isn't situation ethics. It's you are here for the goal of policies. It right. is about policies. It's about laws. It's about enforcement of laws. It's about these kind of things that structure our society. Do you want more moral, godly leaders? Absolutely. Which it's, it's really funny to me that people will come and attack personal character and then some of the same people will say, we don't need Christians in power. Like, well, what do you, that's the only people and left. I get, and so before, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll, Joe, I'll let you get in. That's, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to get at a second ago. I might not have communicated it very well. What person is going to be good enough for you to vote for them? Does it have to be a baptized Christian? Well, even that baptized Christian is going to have some things. You know you know what I mean? Like, at what level is it that you're going to say, okay, now I can vote for that person? You know, uh, otherwise I'm just going to stay out of it until they get to that. You know, Romney a few years ago, he's a Mormon. A lot of Christians, well, I'm not going to vote for him because he's a Mormon, right? And Romney got all kind of other issues. But the point being, at what level is it that you're finally going to say, okay, now I can confidently choose to vote for that person because I know what their character is? Well, do you really? And at what point are you going to fully know that? And Joe, I'm sorry, you've been trying to No, no, you're good. I was just thinking of Absalom. I don't think Absalom was a good guy, uh, clearly. But what was the problem with Absalom? It's who he listened to. It's his policies. If Absalom being— Rehoboam? Talking no, about Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Sorry, not Absalom. Absalom was a very bad guy. Sorry. Rehoboam. Absalom was a terrible person. Yeah. Terrible guy. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Rehoboam, my bad. Um, Absalom's nephew, actually. What's that? No, grandnephew. In the family. Yeah, there you go. It's in the family. Somewhere in the, the, the lineage, the family tree. Rehoboam, my bad. Um, I don't think Rehoboam was a great guy. But you know what? If Rehoboam, being backed up by his, his father's wise counsel, had actually listened to his father's wise counsel, 
the fact that he His wasn't a great guy really exactly wouldn't have really mattered. Like the people still would have loved him, even though I don't think Rehoboam was was the pinnacle. Uh, he was not a man after God's own heart, like his you know like his grandfather. So, what's the problem with him? It comes with all your buddies, right? They come into the house. It's like if you got one bad guy coming into your house, but you got a bunch of people that can kind of whip him into shape. That's one thing. You bring the entire block party into your house where it's, you know, he's backed up by horrible people and, and they're going to be giving him horrible advice and he's going to end up doing really bad things. Guess what's going to happen? And so you're, he may be a bad man. Who's he backed by? What is, what is pushing? And well, you're seeing this happen in real time with uh, Liz Cheney uh, among the Republicans who was, you know, very much an anti-Trump, uh, anti, she didn't like the direction the Republican party was going. She wanted to be Bush Cheney era, you know, because of you know, family and all that. Um, she's she's not you know, basically cast out of the party, and, and in a sense, cast herself out, like self removed. Of I'm not with you guys anymore. Right. Like, and, and so, uh, and then the Tulsi Gabbard on the other side, say, saying, you know, I'm going independent. Opposite. I'm not a Democrat anymore because if you don't take the whole slate, both sides are like you're not with us. There's really not a middle anymore, and you've got all these people wanting to like hold the middle, and and it's kind of that thing where the land is dividing between your feet, and you're trying to keep a foot on each side. You're just gonna you know fall in the crevice, and so. When you're to get to the point you're talking about, Joe, it's a great point of, you know, well, I like this person a lot. Okay, well, if they're still associated with all those people, they're going to be expected to do all of the things and support all of the things. There's a pressure for them to do yeah. that. I mean, you, you imagine a, a Republican who is pro abortion, there used to be some of those. They're really not anymore. Because if they're Republican on everything else, but they're pro abortion, they're going to slide with, you know, into the Democrats and then end up just kind of taking all the other things on right. with them. If there's a Democrat who is anti abortion or anti woke or, you know, whatever else, they're told, you're not good enough for us. You're not pure enough for us. And, and so they're shoved to the right. And, and, and so you just kind of see this polarization happening. And, you know, a lot of people lament that. It's like, you know what? We might as well just be clear about it. You know, because the middle wasn't good for anybody. The middle isn't working for anybody. And so to your point of, well, I like this person a lot, but they're, you know, all of their buddies are pro pride parade. Okay. Well, they're either going to be cast out by those buddies or they're going to conform to those buddies. Right. And And so most of them conform. And if they don't, again, you got plenty of Bloomberg, right, was another one that was a Republican, but he didn't agree with any of the Republican things. And so now he's a Democrat, I think. Like that is a... That is a very strong uh, case to be made. Like, that's happened a bunch. And it's even getting more, especially the polarization of the parties. Like, that's getting way more. If you look at JFK and the things that he supported, he'd be a Republican today. Like, just without a doubt. But to your point of the Overton window, things have really shifted. And we have to be very careful, especially for our older listeners. I, I will say this. Yes, I'm on the younger end. But we have some older listeners. My my grandma, I think, was, you know, a, a lifelong... Um, Democrat and the things that, but you know, when, as she kind of went along, it's like, well, I always vote party line, always vote Democrat because that was the party of the people and JFK. And I mean, she's used to kind of that. And so, you know, is what it is. Well, when she started, as she got older, my dad was discussing like, well, do you back abortion? No, she's a Catholic, right? No, that's terrible. Well, do you back same sex marriage? No, no, that's horrible. Right. I don't agree with that. You know, that's, that's wrong, but you're still voting Democrat. It's like, What? didn't realize that those two things are very right, connected that's, that's at this news point. news to them. Yeah. Right. And so check in a little bit before you go to cast your vote. And this is one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is like we want to kind of give people something to think about that's like pay attention to who you're voting for. And and also 
I want to bring it down to the smaller level because it's one thing to vote for president. This is a midterm election, of course, right? We're not voting presidents, but we are voting some pretty, pretty important things. Um, Senate, probably we're not, or Senate. Governors, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Governors and, and some representatives, some senators. Um, you got some real important elections. We're not telling you to vote Republican. We're not telling you to vote Democrat. We're telling you, please pay attention to who you're voting for all the way up, not just on the higher the lower ones, you know, even for the sheriff and, and for the people that are going to immediately be in your life, pay attention to these things, get to know them, be a responsible voter where it's, you know, you understand who you're voting for and what you're voting for. But I will also say, you know, once again, I, I've seen, we had a, a great guy back home, Pearl Mutter. I, sh- I say great guy because he was nice to everybody and everybody loved him on a personal level. His voting policies were atrocious. So you had a lot of Republicans that voted specifically for him because it's like he's a really good guy. And that's what I heard is I'm not dogging him as a person. Like he'd go shake hands and he'd meet with you and, and talk to people really nice. You're getting everything. And this this was on a smaller level. Then it got to the bigger right as he went up. But it starts on the smaller level. So please, you know, as you're thinking about this and to our point, to the flip side of, well, nobody's a Christian. And Will, you spoke to this and I spoke speaking a little bit. They're, they're not New Testament Christians, so, so we shouldn't vote for them. It's better to have somebody whose policies are leading us toward Christ right. than not. And and that's the point. To, yeah. And and to your point, Jack, going back to the neutrality, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but like, please realize there's no such thing as neutrality. There's no such thing as I'm going to vote the guy that's kind of going to stand in the middle, and we're going to work across the aisle. And separation of church and state. It's like that's a farce. That's 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 not. It will happen. It always has happened. This is the church and state will always be together pretty much for history. I mean, that's that's really how it's gone. And so um, just be aware of that, that the guy you're voting in, is he leading us more toward Christ or is he leading us away? Are the policies of his party leading us more toward Christ or away from Christ? I don't care if this guy was was your best friend growing up and was in a, is an amazing person, even a member of the church. What are the policies that are backing him up and what is he going to do when he gets into office? Is it going to lead us more toward Christ or away from Christ? And to me, that's it. So I think we're establishing voting is important. Being part of America and, and, and using the what God has given you, the means that God has given you to enact change and to really help drive this more toward Christ is important. But do it responsibly, um, you know, and, and think about it in a way that is, yes, our Christianity does have to come out when we step into that polling booth. Um, are we driven more closer or away? I'm going to bring in a new segment called Hot Takes with Jack. It's it's my turn. Wait a minute now. Yeah, brand new. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna do that one this time. On this character of the candidates thing, on this, you know, I know him. He, he's he's one of us or something like that. This is something that, especially in the uh, black Christianity in America, has been an issue. Of uh, the the numbers for Obama were off the charts. I mean, of of black evangelical black Christians voting for Obama. We had gay marriage established into law. You know, in in his term. Uh, we have, you know, justices who are atrocious that were established, you know, that, that are lifelong termers because of him. Uh, we have all kinds of bad things. I mean, this, the the uh, White House lit up in rainbow lights because of him. Like, well, yeah, but he cares about our community. Well, hold on. N- number one, these policies have not been good for the black or minority communities at all, ever. But number two, voting race over morality, voting race over policy... 
that's a, that's a, that's wrong in itself. It's racist. Okay, it, it is. Well, yeah, it's racist in itself, and and so like that is is really an issue, and that's something that again, it wasn't just Obama, but just every time black Christians, I I believe the majority, overwhelming majority, still uh, vote Democrat, and it's like, well, all of these things, and like Joe was saying about our, our grandma, she would be horrified by a drag queen story hour, probably would still be pulling the lever for uh for these politicians, and so it's like. What do, you, what do you think are, we're doing here? And, and it is these policies. So to bring it back to the personal character thing, the Warnock and Walker, Trump, Clinton, Trump, Biden, or whatever, it's it's bad. It's not good. It is not an endorsement of those those people's character. And I think that's something Christians need to be careful about is, you know, just because I like this guy's policies does not make him a good person. He's not a hero. He's not any of those things. He's just somebody that is going to accomplish good things politically. Leave it at that. But you also realize, you know, boy, I, I kept my hands clean and I didn't vote for Walker. I didn't vote for such and such guy. Well, congratulations. Now, you know, because that other guy gets in, they, you know, encodify abortion laws nationwide. Right. Did, did you really do something good here? And this goes to, I think, the last one we want to get to with the, the power. And all of this kind of comes to Psalm 146.3 says, don't put your trust in Christians. And I think that's something, a critique that has been made in, against... In, uh, in, in, in princes. In princes. Sorry. Don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in princes. Um, and so, I was like, what version is he using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> Living translation. Right. Uh, yeah. Don't put your trust in princes. And that that's true. Don't, you know, when people look to man's power, and, but then some people do the same thing with that, that they do kingdom not of this world, that they do the, the rulers of the Gentiles to basically say... Don't expect anything good to come of human leadership. That doesn't hold up scripturally. If if your whole thing is, you know what, I and, and you see Israel do this. You see times, where, you know, Saul himself, you know, like give us a king. That's going to solve all of our problems. But it didn't get rid of their spiritual issues. So you have to realize this is not a, a solution for our spiritual issues. The spiritual battlefield is still the spiritual battlefield. But that doesn't mean there's not a political, social, cultural battlefield as well, That and that there's overlap between the two. And so good leaders are an important thing. That doesn't mean we're putting our trust in princes. We're, we're putting our trust in people that we think will apply Jesus' principles, because our trust is in Jesus. I think it's the, the above-it-all mentality that we are challenging Christians, we're challenging our listeners to take a closer look at. Uh, you know, if, if that's your approach of, you know, my, well, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, and so I'm just going to kind of stay out of it, stay in the background, and going to be kind of above it all. I know a lot of Christians that are like that. Jack, you very much used to be of the, uh, you know, more so into that mindset. I guess, Joe, you as well. Me too, yeah. And so that's something, again, that we're challenging people on. If, if that's your approach, consider what's at stake. I brought up, you know, ha- half an hour ago now. Consider the, the what's at stake when it comes to what world your kids are going to be growing up in and what world your grandkids are going to be growing up in and the, the truly the consequences of what it means if we allow these policies, if we allow these people pushing these policies. You know, how, how often do we hear people belabor how America has gone downhill, right? Of, you know, oh, this country is just you know, going down the drain and all these things. Why do we think that is? It's because we've allowed these policies, we've allowed these these people to, to come into power. And so this is something that, again, we've, we strongly believe is important. We strongly believe November 8th rolls around, get out there and get out there and vote. Get out there, do your research. Don't just vote one party. Don't vote one race. Don't vote, oh, because that person's a woman. Good for, you know, good for women getting up in there. 
vote for the people that are once again not to beat the dead horse, but are going to align us more closely with God's word than less so. That's what's at stake here, and that's what's most important. And don't be afraid of the Christian nationalism claims of CNN. Matter of fact, if CNN says it and you do the exact opposite, you're probably in in it's probably a good, good standing. Right. Yeah, but. There's a lot of fear going around Christian nationalism. They just featured a um, Doug Wilson, a guy I read, um, that um, basically the danger of Christian nationalism are really mixing Christianity and politics. And I think there's a lot of Christians that are like, whoa, 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 we're not that, right? We, we don't, we don't do that. We're not Christian nationalists because that's really bad. And we had the full episode on it. Go back and listen to it again. I'd, I'd say that, but it to bring it around is kind of like we're not putting our faith in people at all. Our faith is in Christ, but Please don't be afraid of being politically, and, and as you said, Will, I didn't vote in 2016. Um, I voted for some smaller. I didn't vote for, for president because I just didn't feel right about it. I'm We're evolving in our views, no doubt. Um, and what I'm realizing, especially COVID changes a lot of things. Jack and I were just having this conversation yesterday. COVID changes a lot of things, and it makes you realize like who's in power very much matters. And even having Trump in power, like it's a the people that were established and the people at the smaller end of things all the way up from the education system all the way up make sure you're voting for all those because they do matter they do play a role in being scared away from well that's christian nationalist you betcha we are christians who are you know wanting christ to reign overall because the world is a better place when when that happens as jack alluded to so yeah i just wanted to throw that in there of you know cnn and everybody else may try to scare you out of that no don't don't let that be the case we ought to be a Christian nation. It, it is good. It was better when we were a Christian nation. Everybody realizes that you can look at, this is going to sound very, very mean. You can look at the freaks of the world that are, you know, serving you at Chipotle or whatever. And then you can look at the nice Christian family and you go, so there's a clear difference here. There's one that, that everybody is going to feel comfortable with, that everybody is, this is better. And you go, wow, that's really mean. Can you really say that? Yes, unequivocally, I can say that. It's right and wrong. The Christian right, family yeah. is better. The freak who is tatted up, ear piercings everywhere, doesn't know what gender they are. They're still worthy of God's love. I'm not saying they're not. But when you're pushing that and you're promoting that in this culture politically and you're voting for people that are pushing and promoting that, what you're telling the Christian family is basically, yeah, we prefer the other thing. Come on. It's it's an easy litmus test. Well, this Do you goes prefer to my, the freaks or, or not? It goes to my point about not everything's evangelism. That person needs to be evangelized. They also don't need to be in any position of power whatsoever. That's exactly or encouraged, it. you know, or by, encouraged by the to do with the yes, exactly. Power. And this Christian nationalism thing, it it's it's telling that that is their their thing that they're freaking out about. They're attacking so much. Why would they attack that so much? Because they have another form they want to bring in, an anti-Christian form. That's right. And the idea to them it's that Christians would rise up and say this is how it's supposed to be, that is the scariest thing in the world to them. And so they don't want that at all. That that's what they're fighting against. And so. You know, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned everything in the last two years. You just, you see everything happening and go, all right, something's got to be done. And I, I love the point Will made about for your kids. This isn't just for you. I, I saw a certain rag in our fellowship that publishes articles that I've, I, it's so bad. I'm not going to name them. Some people are going to know who I'm talking about. And they had a thing about, uh, I think it was an article on gun rights or something like that. And, you know, the guy's article was, well, I you know, didn't take a stance. But the important thing is that we love our neighbor more than we love our rights. 
That's a false dichotomy. Right. You fight for rights and you fight for good laws and you push for these things because you love your neighbor, because right. you love your kids, because you and and the opposite of this, the above it all thing is like I'm going to stay above it all. This doesn't matter. My kingdom's not of this world. Okay, now you've got mixed use, mixed gender bathrooms. You've got high schools where uh, the kids, you know, the the boys go into the girls' locker room and, and and stuff like that, and and just the awful things that are coming out of that. And you go, well, I'm above it all. You know what? That's the world. The world is going to be the world. They're they're going to do those things again. The kind of things I I used to kind of say, but then you start seeing these applied, and you go, well, hold on, let's recalculate some things. And so you've got that. And then you say, okay, I'll homeschool my kids. Or I'll send my kids to the private... Well, well, let me just go down the whole list here. Well, I'll send my kids to the private Christian school. Well, guess what? The private Christian school, the government's not going to let them operate if they discriminate you know, against LGBT kids, don't let them use the showers and the bathrooms that they want, so they get invaded, or their funding gets taken away, or whatever it is. They're, they lose their tax-exempt status. And so they're hurting. Maybe it closes the school, or maybe they have to capitulate. So you go, I'll homeschool my kids. Well, then they start passing laws of, we're going to invade your homeschool. We want to see what you're doing in your homeschool. We want to apply these things. Oh, you're teaching such and such curriculum. You're, you're abusing your child. We're going to come, you know, be, we need to review what you're teaching. Maybe even take your kids away. And, and this is a, a future that you're like, oh, none of that's happened. Look how far we've come. Right. Why would that not happen? You, yeah, you really don't think that's not going to happen? There's right. this guy I was telling Joe about on, on Twitter. I think he's one of the sharpest political minds of our day. And he says, the side that wants to be left alone will always be defeated by the side that wants to win. And so this thing of I'll stay above it all, just leave me alone, let me do my thing. They're not going to let you do your thing. This is a religious war that's being fought on multiple fronts, one of them political. If you stay above it all, you're, it's going to cost you and your kids and your grandkids and your neighbors and everybody else this world matters this world may not be our home but it is our father's world we do live here this is real life we're not gnostics there i mean you look at the holocaust the holodomor you look at uh, you know just all of the awful things that have happened and yeah you know, that old quote about good men do nothing i don't want my kid i don't want my sons and their kids to be put in prison and beaten to death for their christianity and that starts with me exercising the rights that I have today. These rights may be taken away in the future. Let's exercise the rights that we have today um, to use it to make sure that the future remains bright and Christian as much as possible because the world is a better place. That is us loving our neighbors and it's me loving my kids and making sure their future is set up. Let's not be above it all. I think, Jack, you, you stated it great, uh, you know, amazingly and, and going off of your point, Will, as well about the kids. And it's just such a fantastic point of like, what world are we leaving for our kids? We may be on our way to heaven and we may be close. You know, some some listeners and such may be close. And you get to escape this horrible world sooner than some of us. But you know what? Not all of us are, you know, there are plenty of people that still have a long life, Lord willing, ahead of them. What Are, are we okay with drag queen story hour continuing? Are we okay with the world getting worse? Are we okay with persecution of Christians? Let's think about as we enter into the polling booth, and, and we get ready to pull that lever, fill out, you know, circle the dot, whatever it is. Um, let's be thinking about these principles of, of really what we want to do. So, um, Will, I want to kick it back to you. Is there anything else that you have that you want to add before we wrap this episode up? You or Jack? I think that's a great way to wrap. Um, I just I want to sum up because we, well. we, yeah. we covered a lot of territory. So, sure. being above it all, not good. Uh, Christians in power don't mix. It's just uh, non nonsensical. That His kingdom is not of this world but it is in this world and it's part of this world and it's showing the world a better way. Um, and then when, you know, so that, that is our Christian political engagement. And then when you do, it's under his standards. You just, you can't go out and vote 
for the kind of people, even if, as Joe said, if they don't personally support LGBT mania, if they don't personally support abortion, if they don't, per- doesn't matter. They're going to be with people who pressure them to do so. And, and millions so, will go in their pocket to make sure it happens. Yeah, you can't support those people. And I think Joe made a good point. Localism. Make sure the people in your town, your town school board, your town's police, your town are going to uphold those right laws. That's going to matter a whole lot more as time goes on. And so I think those are the principles we want to sum up and, and make sure we, we leave with here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well stated. Um as always, we welcome the engagement online when this gets posted. Um, feel free to comment. Feel free to, obviously, we feel pretty strongly about this. Um, this is not one that, you know, we think there's a whole lot of credence to the other side. But we'd still like to, to see what you guys have to say, the, the feedback and that kind of thing. We're also talking, we haven't gotten a rating or a review in quite a while. So if, if, if that's something that you guys can spare 90 seconds to go on your podcast app and do, we would greatly appreciate it. That is, of course, if you enjoy listening to the show, which hopefully you do. Um, but we will look forward to joining you all uh, next week for another episode of Think Deeper. Think Deeper.